Hello and welcome back to the final episode of the year for Kent and the steering team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, and my good mate, Phil. Unfortunately, our dear friend, Mr. Kent, cannot be here for this auspicious episode. Um, we've actually got him on a bit of a um, fact-hunting mission, searching for sparklers. Anyway, on with the show. <laughs> Mr. Phil, how are you? I be good, Mr. Drew. I be very well, thank you. How be you? I'm um, I'm not too shabby. I'm. It's taking everything I have not to laugh. I <laughs> weep right now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Of course, because well. <laughs> we're not drunk. No. Just how do we explain? What, how do we explain what we're laughing at through spoken word? <laughs> we read a rather funny picture that was in poor taste and <laughs> very poor humour and yet it has reduced us to our 14 year old selves who could not stop giggling. <laughs> Correct. In fact I'm going to read think- you what the I'll read you what the caption says and you can just uh, visualise the rest in your mind okay? Yes. Um, Don't the, judge us. <laughs> no so so the um, the tweet here this is a tweet from Aldi Customer Care in the UK Thanks to Pete from Bristol for this lovely pick of his wife. But the comp- competition was called Fact Hunt, Pete. Hashtag awkward. <laughs> it shouldn't be this funny. No, it's hilarious. Oh... <laughs> uh. Oh, God. <laughs> Good old fact hunt. Fact hunts. <laughs> fact hunt. <laughs> very careful, you might say another word there. Yes, very close. Very close. It's a good thing we have that little E for explicit on our show. Yes, exactly. Oh, we didn't say anything wrong. We are talking about a fact hunt. <laughs> I know, it could have been worse. We could have said cunt and then we would have been in real trouble. Or to be clear, fat cunt. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. If we're we're replaced with two different hosts next week, don't be surprised. Yes, indeed. Indeed, but of course we didn't. We said fact hunt, fact of hunt. Yep. I think that's. I, I, heard, I, I think, heard what we said. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where the confusion came into it from uh, Pete. <laughs> yep. And the image of his wife. Um, <clears throat> oh, Pete. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so here we are, Mister Drew. The last time for two thousand and eighteen. I can't believe it. Well, I, I can, but I can't. <laughs> Amen. It frightens me, but here we are. Yeah, it's been, what, 52 episodes this year? Mm, and we're at number 52 for the year. Damn. In reality, we're at number 68. Mm-hmm. In more reality than that, it's probably, what, 70-something, because the demos yes. that we that we don't acknowledge. No, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is what it, what it is. We're here it's at the good end to of remember where we came from. Yes, yeah, started from the bottom, now we're here. A little bit off the bottom. 
Um, yeah, no. But uh, of course, on this episode, we've got for you some stuff and some interesting stuff. We've got for you our top ten lists of a top ten movie lists of two thousand and eighteen. We're going to each run through our top 10. Exactly. A bit like our top 10 movie films, which was actually a really popular thing. Um, We're going to go through each of our top 10 for 2018. We've both got some notable mentions and some dishonorable mentions. Um, Some honorable mentions and some dishonorable mentions. Um, And at the end of... Of course, we've got our sick Kent of the week. We've made a critical decision that we're going to allow this week to play out and allow the sick Kent of this week to get as big a a week as he possibly... him, they, I don't know who the hell it is yet, we haven't worked it out, they are for the week, and next week, now that the year's ended, we can complete the year with then a, um, a second of the year, so that will be next week, <coughs> and also because mm. we have to listen through to who all, who all the ones were for this year, because we haven't <laughs> written them down, so that's why we're doing it next week. Um, yeah. Also on the show, we've got some, just some, we'll have some key highlights of the year to us what meant a lot to the, to us for the year some nostalgia um, moments um maybe maybe some greatest hits moments from our our own show this year we won't play you the clips because you know editing. that's 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 what you can do you you mm-hmm. can go back and listen but but yeah no no we've we've had a full rich year mm-hmm. absolutely and, and, um, and we want to focus on that this week Absolutely. And of course, Christmas has just come and gone. Uh, one quick thing, Drew, I got for Christmas from my cousin um, yes. something phenomenal, which was a bucket list 100 movies um, scratch list thing. You got the scratch list? Yeah, I got the scratch list. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So I had, because I'm absolutely, I love scratchies and scratching things off. So I had a great time scratching 46 of the 50, uh, 46 of the 100 movies. I've seen already, so I've got 54 to go. You've seen 46? Damn. Mm-hmm. There's several right. that I'm sure you've seen, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's awesome. I'm... It's a great looking poster too. Matte black. It's real sweet. It looks fantastic. I'm keen to see it. Mm. Oh. I want to get it framed or at least pinboarded up so I can continue scratching it. It looks awesome. Of I'll, course. Do, I'll do that in the new year for sure. It looks fantastic. Mm. Love it. Yeah, but I've got the list. It's awesome. I'll, I'll take a picture of it for you, but otherwise you can see it in person next time you're here. Um, yeah, should we, should we kick things off, Drew? Would, I, I don't know if you want to get straight into our lists. I'm going to suggest that maybe you go first, because I'm uh, worried that maybe our number one is the same, potentially, so therefore I'm going to let you go first, let you take the, the Possibly, yeah. Alright, alright, so, um, I don't remember if we tried to do a top ten movies last year or not. I, I, I remember, no, we did a, we did like a ten in no particular order, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. I just want to go to have this it ordered. Year, yeah, we, we ordered them, and we only... I, I know we thought about it previously, but we only cemented the idea this late this evening. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, we should, we should really do it. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's for the best, because, you know, we overthink things. Mm-hmm. We're terrible at that. And overthinking this list would just drive us insane, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, look, it wasn't easy to do at all I'm, I'm waffling on here i know but it just it really is a frustrating thing when you've seen what close <laughs> to 50 like nearly 50 films in the cinema in mm. the year that's but, a lot but see the the joy of it is and it's a bit like when we did our top 10 movie list is that is that it's it's it is fun because it's that counter and i know that you you the listener don't mind playing along as well like it's interesting not that yeah. you guys are invested in it is what we are 
But it's interesting for me to hear Drew's, and I'm sure it's interesting for Drew to hear mine, and try and make sense of it ourselves and try and understand the logic behind it for the other one. Um, and then also same with the notables and, and or honourables and unhonourable. Um, but yeah, I quite I quite listening to it, and I, I, I like the format, so I'm, I'm quite happy to do these sort of top ten countdowns. I had, They're great fun. I had someone tell me, and they, they listened, I don't remember who it was, someone told me that they'd listened to our top tens before and they loved listening to the episode not because they loved film or anything like that but because they loved hearing us talk about it because where we get so excited we're so passionate about it and i thought oh that's like that's a really good thing to take from it <clears throat> i mean we, we could talk about our uh, you know our top 10 moments in golf history and i'm sure if we were that enthused about it then it would be well an exciting thing to listen to well and, and i think that one of the reasons why it's so good is that because it it helps it bleeds the passion, so therefore, you know, mm. you, you can almost, you can almost get caught up in the theatrics or the the, the drama or the love of the passion. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, as soon as you hear someone explain something and or reason um, for something because of their passion for it and and why you should be excited to or why you should be should you should agree for the cause. Um, yeah, I think that's a good thing. So I think that these things that are exciting, they do create a bit of <clears throat> excitement or at least interest because, yeah, it's interesting to hear what would it be, even if you have no idea or don't even care about the thing. It's like that TV show 20 to 1. I used to not yep. care about the topic so much, but it's just interesting to hear the reasoning behind why it's a significant thing, why that deserves its place above the previous choice, things like that. So I quite like the concept. Mm. So, yeah, I, I absolutely... I'm sure if I did a motorsport one... And I could could sell it enough or, or explain the theatrics or the significance enough. I'm sure people would be like, yeah, no, that was interesting. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, now, now I have yeah. a little bit more respect for, for what it is. So, same thing. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, look, without further ado, number 10 on my list. Ready Player One. Really? It's only number 10? Yeah, and, and do you know what? It, I had to weigh up personal love versus quality. Mm-hmm when writing the list and it's it it made the 10 that that to me was like it was a bit touch and go but i can't not have it in the list i went out and Mm -hmm. bought it the other day and it was long overdue that i bought it but every time i've watched that film i've appreciated it a little more with every viewing and i think that it went woefully underrated this year and i'm sure in years to come it'll become a cult classic Mm mm-hmm and, and it'll be known as a Spielberg film that brought him right back to the movies he made in the 80s. Yep. And that, that was the whole point. It was based on a book that was a love letter to his films of the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it, it made perfect sense that he would be the one to make the movie. Nice, um, well-rounded way of seeing it. But as a film, I really enjoyed it. I thought the story moved along at a very brisk pace. It kept you engaged and there was so much pop culture in there to dissect that even on, I think, three viewings in the cinema, I still couldn't pull apart every little bit of it. And it's going to take years for me to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Totally so, good. yeah. Number 10, Ready Player One. <clears throat> hmm. I, I'm, right. I'm processing that it's at number 10 but yeah okay yeah okay and here we go go with go for number nine yeah. oh am i gonna do all 10 yeah oh, okay do you want me to go okay okay sorry sorry you, That's how you go <laughs> you go I'm, my number 10 more interesting my yes. number 10 is 
Johnny English strikes again. <laughs> Good the, choice. Now, the, there's a reason why I know it's... It was kind of like a, a B-grade film, it felt like. It was incredibly under the radar. It, I, I said, someone the, said to someone the other day that I saw Johnny English doing the and I thought it was a good film. They were like, wait, you rewatched Johnny English? And I was like, no, 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 the third one in cinemas. And they're like, there was a third one? <clears throat> Just like me, I had no idea there was a third one. Hadn't yeah. heard about it. <clears throat> now, the reason why it makes the 10 is because in the context of Johnny English which I'm a massive fan of because I'm a huge fan of Rowan Atkinson and his kind of slapstick Mr. Bean style, mm. you know, ridiculousness. Um, it hit the same strides as the first one. So it had the same beats and was enjoyable. And I cried with laughter watching it, especially the scene uh, when he was doing <laughs> the virtual reality. Um, I loved that. It, it's in the top 10 because it was really funny. It wasn't more than what it was trying to be but it didn't fail like it didn't it didn't it, it you know it can't get away with oh well it wasn't trying to be a a blockbuster film uh, and therefore it was a crap movie but it gets away with it because it wasn't trying to be a blockbuster movie no it wasn't try, trying to be a blockbuster movie but it was hilarious and funny and i loved it and i'm so glad i saw it and so it, it's probably um it's probably not surprise of the year, but it's probably second second most surprising film of the year in terms of I thought it was going was going to be underwhelming or not very funny, and I'm going to go see it just because why not? I've got nothing else to do. But no, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I would watch it again and again. And it's my second favorite John English film after the first one. Um, yeah, mm. it, it, it's um, it's it's created. It did a couple of things. It created this great opportunity to be able to. Um, run with several films a bit like what um james bond does where it doesn't necessarily have to be a continuous story they can just be insights into this character's life in different situations um so i thought it, it did something phenomenal which maybe the second one didn't do the second one just felt like a poor sequel the third one felt like a better sequel than the last one it felt like it when's, picked things back up when's the last time you watched the second one i haven't watched it uh again since cinemas Okay, give it another whirl, and then just I'm I'm just curious because I've rewatched it a fair few times, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy the second one for different reasons than why I enjoy the first one. I I like the third one a lot because obviously it's got Boff back, and that's one of the most crucial elements to what makes Johnny English work. Yeah, and that is obviously missing severely from the second film. But the second film hits a lot of really good beats that the third one didn't. So it just, yeah, I fair fu- I I actually like them in their release order. It, it's uh, that that would be my ordering for them. But I I have a very healthy appreciation for all three of them, and I think the third one brought it right back to basics and brought it back to what the first movie was all about. Okay. And okay. and that was that was quite nice. Like I liked that the third one did that. But at the same time there's a lot to be said for that second film. Yeah, okay. No, I'll there's, give it another watch. Yeah, there's just some things in there that were just they didn't copy the first movie and I liked that. I liked that they just did very different things that became wickedly funny like him him on a um on a motorized wheelchair <laughs> with the police chasing him that is just i will never not find that funny yeah that's fair enough 
that's that's definitely fair enough. And it, um, like, it's it's a somewhat similar vein to the the virtual reality scene. Yeah, like yeah, that, sure. That sure. sequence is very similar, but again, just very different in the approach. Okay. But I I agree completely that you know we're touching on different moments in his life, mm. and that's a good way to continue it. Yeah, and I could see them. I think I'm also okay with the third one because I feel like they'll still do more. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, like, and, and I like even, that's even, what it did. Even if they don't, it's not the end of the world by any means, but I could totally see them continue it. Exactly. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I wouldn't be opposed. No, exa- exactly. <laughs> and and again, I have the I didn't have the after seeing the second one in the cinemas, I didn't have the confidence in them doing anything more with it. I was like, "Nah, leave it, kill it, die, like stop." The third one, I'm like, no, you know what? Yeah, keep going. I'm happy. Yeah, keep going. Bit of fun. Exactly. Alrighty. Number nine. You haven't seen it. Mm. First Man. The sheer quality of this movie alone gets it on the list. Just never mind the fact that I absolutely adored it and would happily watch it over and over. I'm desperate to see it. I'm so annoyed that I haven't seen it. You need to um, get your hands on that film as soon mm-hmm. as possible. It's just, I. It's really hard to talk about it. Even if you had seen it, it would be hard to talk about it. But it feels very real. It feels the way a document, like a documentary, would feel. It. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of things that were similar some of the aspect you know when they do these true story movies they're shot in a particular way yeah it's a bit like um apollo 18 kind of style it looks like it's it's very period film filtering a bit like american made almost yeah it had the it had the grainy the grainy thing going on the camera but i'm trying to think of what it reminded me of and you know what it reminded me of and it and it's a close to the time period not maybe off by a decade or so but it reminded me a little bit of Remember the Titans in the approach to the filming. Okay. Yeah. Which is good. Like that, That's a really good format to use, even though it's a vastly different film. It's a good format, and it works. But Damien Chazelle brought all of his um, La La Land sensibilities in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen Whiplash, I, which I know is horrific. I should see it, but... I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Like, apparently... Whiplash is outstanding, and I, I will get there. But the stuff that, like, all the really cool techniques that you see in La La Land are all on display here in this film. Mm-hmm. And his pairing with Ryan Gosling is ridiculously good. And Gosling just embodies the passion of humanity that Neil Armstrong had and really showcases it in an outstanding way. Fantastic. Because that's, and that's. <clears throat> It's funny, that's why, that's almost why Armstrong was selected as the lead man, because he was so just calm and cool and everything like that. So that's fantastic that Ryan Gosling kind of they, portrays that. They just, they knew he could do it. And as if the film, like, needed any more reason to watch it, it has one of the most hauntingly beautiful scores I have ever heard for a film. Excellent. I need just to watch it. This really, there is this really eerie theme that's written for space and the moon and that and that and it just i've had that track on repeat to go to sleep at night it is amazing excellent i'll have to watch it tomorrow even 
Well, today, mm. today, Thursday, that it's up. This is uploaded. Yeah, bump it up the list. <clears throat> okay, number. It's going to be my next movie that I watch. I promise. Number yep. nine is Avengers: Infinity War. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it it. I didn't think it was going to make the list for a long time. I honestly did not think it was going to make the list. Um, yeah. Because yeah. of my frustration again, you know, you know my issue with the fact that movies can't hinge on someone being an idiot because that's cheap yep yep and i've been so pissed off at this film because it hinged on a stupid idiot in one moment so much of this film exactly where we went happened um however it it was a good film like it was a great film like a fantastic ensemble cast and i know that a movie can't be judged on its cast alone but it's the way the characters and the cast interacted with each other it's the way the different. Uh, it's the way they managed to tell so many different stories at the same time, which, you know, you kept wanting more, and it, it kept being like almost cliffhangers for one story. And no, 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 we're going to leave you there. We're going to go to the next story. Um, and I've rewatched it a, a, a couple of times, and it's. I I do thoroughly enjoy it. It's a Marvel film that I really enjoy, and I don't enjoy all Marvel films, um, as we discussed last week, even. But um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did think that it copped out and was cheap and that's why it sits at the bottom of this top 10 list um but it was such a blockbuster movie and we've seen the trailer for the next one and what it's set up and i know that i i've scored movies against the fact that they are only set up movies um in fact there's another film from this year that that hasn't made the list because it's a setup movie um but this being a setup movie it told a lot of the story and the feeling of how not that you you didn't feel undersold or you didn't or, or that you've underpurchased and that you've not got your tickets worth you know at the end of the movie and if you haven't seen the movie well I'm going to give something away here like when they when they half half the or more than half of the group disappear at the end of it you don't feel like oh yeah but you haven't told us what's going to happen next no 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 you feel totally okay with walking away feeling empty that we're in a total unknown and the fact that the, the the score went silent there was no music when everyone disappeared everything went quiet everything just it just ended on all the wind had gone out of the sails and what's next no one knows we don't know what's next and i loved it and i thought they that did something very different for a marvel movie where you felt so different and so lost when in the marvel film you normally just totally believe what's going to happen and you know it because you go oh it's just going to follow the same um, template, but no, you have no idea, and I love that. So I thought it was excellent. They they completely broke the mold, and better than that, they were completely unforgiving about it. Mm-hmm. it when you feel it and you watch it, you just you you can't help this this wave of different emotions, but but you just accept it. You're like, okay, yep, this absolutely. this is happening, and it's wrecking me, but it's happening. I, I genuinely, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on when that happened. I sat there going, wait, 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 wait. What? Is this like the this, correct cut? Of, yeah, this can't. This can't be the, like, is this the actual cut of the movie? Is this real? I, I was looking around waiting for the camera crew to go, ah, we, we put mm. on a fake version or something. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's just shocking. It's just, so it, it did, did not feel real. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, it look, it did hinge on an idiot being an idiot. And so it it did get marked down a long way because it, it it's a unforgivable 
sin of a film and it did it so that's why it got knocked down but it's still in the top 10 because it was phenomenal for that reason i feel like if there'd been a better way to handle it then then sure it would have been higher on the list but yeah i i couldn't agree more that that is something that is just frustrating where it hinges on it Mm -hmm. it's it's my next one it's my number eight and it just for the same reason you knocked it low i Mm. just i and for the same reason it had to be on the list Mm -hmm. i very i would have probably preferred to put a different uh, marvel movie from this year on the list Mm -hmm. but when I think about the prestige level of the film, it still outweighs either of the other two mm-hmm. um, Marvel films for this year. So it's see, uh, see now the hard. reason now now my biggest frustration with it is that you're right. There is probably another way around the the issue of what they did, where they hinged on an idiot. I know that that's the easy way to do it, but I ha- they have the I'm sure they had the writers, and in fact, they've proven they have the writers, to be able to write something different, and they didn't. And I hate that it's a trend with movies now, so it affected it pretty badly on the list. It's, yeah. No, um, I, I, I agree. Um, all right, what's your number my, eight? My number eight is actually, as you say, it outweighed the other Deadpool film, uh, other Marvel films. Mine's Deadpool, the other Marvel film. <laughs> Interesting. So Deadpool. Yeah, so Deadpool makes it. The reason it does... <coughs> Now, I, it's difficult, and it was, I weighed up which way around these two would be. Um, Infinity was was looking at being number eight for a long time, and I decided at the last minute to, to make it this way around. Deadpool 2 beats Infinity War because, despite it feeling rather formulaic from a Marvel R-rated kind of movie category in that it felt like it was doing a lot of the same things as the first one that's kind of the character though he breaks the fourth wall and he achieved things in different ways now i know that it's kind of you can you can sell it as oh see he said the same thing you like see so you think it's funny you like this movie right audience like you have to like this movie because he said the thing he did the thing but no i think that the character it's 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 always that argument is always difficult when it's a character doing what a character does. And when it happens again in a sequel, people often see that as the characters doing the thing that you like because he did the thing. So you like it, right? I don't think that was the case so much in this. Um, I thought that it was a really entertaining film. Um, I know that, I know that this is kind of, I guess the third outside Marvel film. So this is the, the, the fourth Marvel film um, of the year. Uh, in some ways, but yeah, look, I, I think that this beats Infinity War because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. Um, I liked the new characters. I thought they handled new characters really well. Um, and I thought they handled a Deadpool sequel really well because they don't, they said they'd only do it if they could do something right. And they did something right. And they've kind of half retired Deadpool now because they've kind of gone, yep, we did what we wanted to do. And we did it, told an interesting story again. And the audience liked it again. Yep, we're good with that. So I respect that, so it gets my number eight. Yeah, I... Yeah. I I really like Deadpool 2 quite a lot. I do have an issue with... To a certain extent, I have an issue with um, the technique of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the the technical term for it is called fridging, or, um, or to fridge a... 
um, a character. So the, the term, it's a comic book trope in mm-hmm. which the girlfriend or wife of a hero dies, spoiler alert, whatever, mm-hmm. um, to further said hero's motivations and story. Right? Mm-hmm. So so the, the issue is the trope reduces the girlfriend or wife to a plot device. Um, they have no business existing aside from being a source of pain for the hero. Now, like, that's... I'm, I'm of mixed feelings about this because... But that's kind of why Deadpool 1 came about as well. It, it is, it is, but she's damsel in distress, and then she breaks that herself by showing that she's not simply a damsel in distress in Deadpool 1. She's actually got a bit of fight in her, and that's cool. And you're like, okay, yeah, like, like obviously you don't have superpowers, so yeah, you're going to be able to be caught and whatever by someone that does, but you don't just sit there in the corner waiting for your hero either, so that that's acceptable. Yep. Killing her off at the beginning of the movie and then using that as the motivation for the entire film... I, I don't agree with it. I mm-hmm. think that it has its place in comic books, but that it should be used sparingly because it's been overused for decades. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing it in comic book movies, and I yep. didn't like that it was used as the plot device here because I think the story could have stood on its own without it. You could have easily shelved her and just gone, right, she's at home or she's doing this, and he went on his mission. He didn't need that to motivate him to be better with the kid or anything like that. I yeah, don't, that's fair. I don't see it being necessary to the plot, and I think it cheapened the film in many ways. Mm-hmm. The only redeemable, like The only redeemable part of this is in the credits when he goes and repairs it by bringing her back, by saving her. Yep. I'm like, yeah. yep, okay, okay, like, you've, you've kind of made it work, but I expect better from the writers, because they, these are two very talented writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Vernick, who wrote Zombieland and the first Deadpool movie. Yeah. I just, genuinely, I expected better than Fridging, that's not, like, I expect Deadpool to be better than that. I, I can't argue with that, but, um, yeah, I still thoroughly and enjoyed the film. Look, look, total, full disclosure, Deadpool 2 didn't make my top 10. I didn't think it would, though. It did, like, I, I, I really, I loved it. I went out and bought the, um, special edition recently. I, I love the movie, but it doesn't make my top 10. Just, Avengers was lucky to make it. Mm. Yeah, and, and that that's just it. I was looking, and so I look, when I looked at Avengers, I was like, I think I preferred Deadpool two to Avengers because I was, despite feeling so for, like just totally blown away by Avengers Infinity War, I was still really frustrated with it, and I almost forgave. Mm. I I did I I agree. I didn't like that they killed the girlfriend off because I thought that she was an interesting character and could have been really cool in it. But I almost forgave that and forgot about that more than what I could forget about what happened in Infinity War. I like her. She makes him three-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. And and you can't ride off her death for any longer than one movie, and I think they knew that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't neither. Neither of those films is my favorite Marvel movie of the year. So that's of course. But you know well, that's fine. Um, all right, enough of Number Deadpool. Seven. Number seven, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Bam. Now, 
devout Jurassic fan, I am the first to acknowledge that it is not the best in the franchise by a long, long stretch, mm-hmm. as you would say, by a country mile. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's actually nowhere near the worst either. No, because to me, the worst is potentially Jurassic World. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. I still think I... I still think I rank number three at the bottom overall, even though I do thoroughly enjoy it. Mm. I've, I've got a soft spot for Jurassic World because it brought a realisation to life. Like, it... It brought the park to life. And, you know, after over 20 years of waiting to see the park come to life. Yeah. It happened. I I can't, I can never take away from that. But Fallen Kingdom did what I thought was actually impossible to do. It successfully took the dinosaurs off the island and still had a decent story to tell and a cohesive story and it made it work on mainland. Yeah. I mean, I still am a big fan of the really controversial, massively disliked scene at the end of Jurassic Park 2, um, The Lost World, when they go to San Diego. San Diego. Diego. I love that scene so much. I love that whole thing. I love it too. It's brilliant. The T-Rex drinking the pool water. And just having the kennel hanging from the mouth. It's just like, oh my God. So good. Oh dear. Um, Yeah, I I, I totally... I, I like it. There's... Yeah. I totally get it, but, um, and I really enjoyed watching it, but yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of either of the Jurassic Worlds at the moment. And that's maybe me being harsh, but at the same time, I deserve to be harsh because I'm a big fan of Jurassic Park. Um, You totally deserve it. I I think I'm always going to have a soft spot for it. And I'm always going to think that there's a better way that they could have made them. I could also just say, uh, go ahead and destroy the entire thing and say Isla Sauna. But anyway, sure, they took him to some other island that wasn't even close to it, but okay. I, I agree, I agree, and... But, yeah. No, I totally get I, it. Who knows what they're going to do now, though? I, but at the same time, I, I 100% support never going back to Isla Sauna after two straight movies of it where they just wore that island down to dust. I'd just... I'd happily go back there. Now that we've got two of Nubla and two of Sauna and one of mostly not either um i would i'd happily go to sauna again to be honest yeah i'm yeah i'm very cautious about where it's gonna go next because they're now let loose on the mainland and and that there were buyers that took their animals with Mm. them already i see see the last scenes of the last movie as them on a boat a bit like the end of jurassic world or the lost world jurassic park Ah, uh, yeah, on the boat going yeah. back and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I see that. That's where I see it. And this time, it's uh, it's Bryce Ellis Howard's character doing the, the CNN news interview. Um, my number yeah. seven... Yeah, that's where I see it going. My number seven is Game Night. Now, this yes! was... Now, this movie was the surprise of the year. It gets surprise of the year because I wasn't going into it with any expectations whatsoever. I was kind of like, yeah, oh. right, let's go see it. And it was fucking hilarious. It was probably the funniest movie 
I loved of the Game year. Night so much. Yeah, it was so good, and it was, and it had, I, it had Michael C. Hall in it for a brief moment, which is awesome. But um, Dexter, of course. But uh, oh no, he died. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I love watching it. It was just so funny, and it was so refreshing that it was so funny. I didn't Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman. Mm. What a what a pairing. <laughs> yeah, and and they played the characters perfectly and like I love you know, Jason he, Bateman. He, he never fails to surprise. No, nah, he's he's diverse in comedy roles and he's diverse in serious roles too. Mm. He's a uh, drama roles I should say, but he's he is phenomenal and and yeah, it was the surprise of the year. There's not much detail to it. Like, there's not. It wasn't like a technically exceptional film. It was it's just, just clever. Really, yeah, just really well written and really funny and just really easy to watch and really enjoyable. So mm. it was probably the funniest movie of the year for me. And it was, yeah, it, it's number seven. Um, there's some bigger blockbuster films to come, but this for for a non-blockbuster film did has done phenomenally well to beat some blockbuster films anyway. That also are. Uh, both below it on the list and on dishonorable mentions. So, yeah, it did an amazing job for what it was. It did an amazing job, and it was really funny. So I'm really glad we saw it. Like, so glad we saw it. I'm so happy it made your top ten. Absolutely. That's just... For something that you were very ambivalent about, to yeah. then come out of it going, wow. Because it that's... was because it was phenomenal. Like, remember how surprised oh. we were at how funny it was the whole way through we were in stitches mm. the entire we got to, film yeah we were laughing the last time we laughed this hard or as hard as we did during it was probably daddy's home 2 yeah 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 there's there's only been a handful this year that have done or in the last two years that have done that really exactly it's Damn, hard, it's hard it to find just... a, fun, a movie as funny as that and then because it made me laugh as much as that it gets yeah. its place in my top 10 yep fair all right, number six, A Star is Born. Also one I haven't seen. Um, yeah, you need to watch it. it just, <laughs> I know. I've, I don't know where to begin. I, th- I think I'll, I'll begin with the fact that I was absolutely shocked at how incredible Bradley Cooper's directorial debut was. How on earth is this the first movie he ever directed? And where has he been all of our life with singing? How? Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. The singing. Or the fact that he and Gaga wrote a number of the songs for the film together. Or the fact that he also was one of the scriptwriters for the film. Large he wrote, produced, directed, starred, wrote some of the songs and sang. Oh, and played the guitar in the film. But what? This man is outstanding. And I've used that word a lot, I know, but mm-hmm. it's, I think that in many respects this has been an outstanding year of particular films and particular people. Yeah, it was but, definitely an individual year. Yeah. Year for the individuals. And, yeah, but, you know, like, th- this film had been in development hell for several years. At one point, Clint Eastwood was meant to direct with Bradley Cooper starring in it with Beyonce. Oh, really? Yeah, and then when Eastwood left it, Cooper still wanted to make it, and he put himself forward to direct, and the studio went, yep, okay. And then he retooled a lot of it and went looking for his star and um, settled upon Lady Gaga, who 
he then uh, contacted, he met with her and turned out they were both um, New Yorkers from Italian-American families. They had a lot in common and sparked um, certainly one of the sweetest friendships of Hollywood that we've seen this or any recent year. And I, I still can't get over it. I, I was absolutely riveted to the film on the edge of the seat just purely from story i was fascinated by it and got to experience so many different emotions watching the film as well that by the end of it i i couldn't believe that again that this was his first film and that mm. he had managed to create such a resonance and such an impact in the audience fantastic i i, I, I know i've got to yeah. watch it <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it, but it's interesting because it's the, you know, the third or fourth version of this film to exist. And the fact that a well-trod story could still be something with so much impact, I like that about it. Even the guys from Nova, um, Fitzy from Nova 969, Fitz and Ripper, he said he mm. cried at the end of it. Like, he loved the film so much. Oh, I did too. I, And I didn't expect to, but I shed a lot of tears at the end. Oh, dear. Drew. Um, number six, yes? Yeah, that was number six. Yeah. Number six for me is Ready Player One. So that's where Ready Player One stuck into it. I, again, it surprised me a lot. It wasn't surprised of the year, but it, it was... I, I, I hadn't heard a lot about it other than it was Spielberg's other film for the year I can't remember what was the other film that he did or other film that he'd been making at the same time The Post The Post The Post which came out before it yeah and so I was just kind of like yeah okay what what is it I don't know anything about it I haven't read the book don't know much about it but okay let's go and see it Drew seems really excited about by it Hmm. loved it I loved the concept I don't know if that was down to the book I don't know what was down to the source material but I loved the I loved how they told the story and I loved I just the visuals of it was phenomenal or were phenomenal um yeah fantastic and and it's something that's almost incredibly it is really relevant to today's world and and probably going forward will continue to be as relevant as what it was in the film so yeah I thought it was a great world and loved it I mean you touched on everything that there was to say about it really um when you ran through it but yeah I just thought thought it just to me sits higher up and yeah that's all there is it's a very good film Mm. Oh, absolutely. I love it so much. I've watched it again at home. It's terrific. Alrighty. Number five. A Quiet Place. Really? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Really? Really? That's this. Qu- so it sits at number five. Okay. Yeah. It's, nice. it's at number five. I, I have good reason behind why it sits as low as it does. And yes, mm-hmm. I, I mean as low. It, um, yeah. It. Have you ever seen a horror movie like this? I hadn't. No, no, <laughs> I had never, never seen, seen a horror like movie it. like it. It just... It, it's like he had this clever idea and then managed to marry it with a clever story. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, sometimes you either have the strong story that's rather basic plot or you have a really clever idea and the story can't live up to it. Somehow he managed to pull off both. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it, it look it, it it I is... just remember the I remember the trailers giving pretty well next to nothing away as well. 
No, I had no idea going into it what it was going to be about. And when I saw it, I was just shocked by it. I'm not going to say much more about it because it does appear on my list. But it... uh, Yeah, I love it a lot. Mm. A lot. Yeah. Be very interested to see in how seeing how they plan on continuing that world, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, where are you at? Number five, Ralph breaks the internet for me. <laughs> yeah, I, Ralph, I, I desperately need to go watch this film. Yes, yeah, so, so, exactly. So, I went and saw it a couple of weeks ago, um, in an advanced screening. It was awesome, it was so good, and I loved Look, so basically it's a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph and um, I touched on it a couple of weeks ago or last week, I can't remember when it was. Um, but yeah, basically this character from an arcade game gets introduced to the internet and they make their ways through the cables of their um, respective games into a power board where they often look out at the, the sunset or sunrise coming through the, um, the port of the PowerPoint and this time another thing is plugged into it called Wi-Fi. And they go into it, and yeah, they, they explore the world, and it just the references, the interactions, the almost behind the scenes of um, this world, or the world of the internet, um, the way that they show people's emojis, or um, an, an, uh, what's it, what is it, avatars inside the world of the internet. They do an amazing yeah. job of giving th- people, and things, and websites personalities and then making brilliant you know jokes and references to stupid things that we that we all do on the internet like watching cat videos or you know kind of mm. what is it like buzzfeed kind of what like yep. you know i don't know uh, for example what 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 character from family guy do you closely resemble or are you most like that kind of thing so yeah. they make amazing references yep. to that sort of stuff and so it's just it's such a well-told story with such amazing animations and such well-written lines and references and jokes and hidden meanings and um connections yeah they did such a good job of it like so well thought out and detailed and i appreciate that so much as well as it just being a great story so yeah it sits there at number five for me good number choice by the sound thank of it you. yeah are you gonna go did you did you happen to watch the first one this evening or no? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get around to watching it. Okay. But um, okay. look, Carmen, who I went along to see it with, um, did say that Wreck-It Ralph number one was a favorite movie that Disney has made, if not favorite movie. And this movie was better than it. That's so, a very yeah. big call. And, yeah. and I trust her with that. I know how much she loves that movie. So that's, yep. um, that's a very big call. Hmm. Um, okay, number four, let's continue the Disney trend, Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. That's my number four. Uh, man, we waited a long time. How, how long did we wait? It was, what, 2004 when The Incredibles came out, so we, we waited 14 years for the sequel. It's probably, and it's probably the, the, the only Disney Pixar film that we really deserved a sequel to, and we didn't get it for so long. We had to endure things that didn't deserve sequels or things that had already had sequels for or the longest time. Something that got a threequel that was... Yeah. It's <laughs> just... Yeah. I, I don't understand the Pixar method sometimes. I don't, I don't know that too many people do. I know that there is a mandate from Disney for them to do... Um, there There is a sequel to original film ratio that Pixar has to follow. 
well, why they go the ahead and make with Disney? Why the hell they go and make three Cars films then? I don't know. Look, and make look, I'm finding Dory rather than making The Incredibles two, I, the film that yeah. everyone asked for. I don't know. You you know my opinion on Cars. Um, mm-hmm. You also know that I have a soft spot for Cars three. I think it's the one time they actually executed it correctly, and made made what should have been a Cars movie. Mm-hmm. But Finding Dory, I. I don't think it holds up well. It's nice the first time, and then you watch it a few more times, and you're like, oh, it, well, what is... Oh. Yeah, it was definitely just mm-hmm. an Ellen, De- Ellen DeGeneres thing rather than a actual making a decent sequel thing, I think. Yeah, and no, I, I agree yeah. completely. It, it doesn't hold up the prestige the way the Toy Story films do. Correct. Um, I think the only one that has done that now is The Incredibles 2, and yeah. it does it in such a way that it, it's a direct continuation it shifts the focus beautifully to Mrs. Incredible. If mm-hmm. if The Incredibles is Mr. Incredible's movie, this is Mrs. Incredible's movie. Absolutely. But it never forgets its core about the entire family. Absolutely. And, and it rewarded us for the wait with every single little scene, every little plot, every character. I just felt like they knew that we deserved it and gave us everything we could have ever hoped or dreamed it, of. It also definitely, unlike other Pixar films where, despite the fact that films by Disney and Pixar have always had that awesome ability to be an adult film and a kid's film, um, and almost as you get, as we've gotten older, we've almost just naturally felt that shift from the child side mm. to the adult side of it. Incredibles 2 felt to me like it was more and it, it was service to the fans that watched it when they were younger rather yep. than it was to introduce a film for kids this felt more adult like it was a more the last Incredibles did, a, did the same sort of thing where it was more kind of formal and more for the formality of a family and the parents well, and how a parent does a thing this felt more adult this film but I loved it and I, it was definitely a kids film because it was cartoon and everything like that but it felt more adult it did, and you know, I, I remember when the first one came out, I remember thinking it was a big deal that this was the first Pixar film that got a PG rating instead of a G rating, and I, I thought, oh, they've shaken it up a little bit, like mm. something's different, and I was, I was reading a bit about about how The Incredibles are, are the first family within any of the Disney animated films or anything like that to actually show a level of sexual mm-hmm. um, chemistry. And that they're not only are they showing it, but that they're a couple that are well into their marriage with two kids and they're showing it. And it was a bold move. It was a very bold move that Disney had never really committed to and it came out of a Pixar film. And it it reinforced the fact that this was an animated film, but that animated films weren't just for children. And Mm. I think The Incredibles 2 remembered that every step of the way. Absolutely. It, just, it, it made an incredible sequel. It was a great film. It was a great standalone yeah. film. It was a great sequel. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. I, I love Excellent. it. I, I think they knocked it out of the park there. And that's why it gets my number four spot. For me, number four is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. It sits at here number we go. four. So it sits at yeah. number four. I thought yeah. it was an amazing film. It was so good and the problem now one thing to note here with pretty much the top four for me 
they're all amazing films and it's more just a formality of placing them in an order i did think about it but they, look they're all they, it's not taking it gets away hard. it gets yeah, hard yeah it's point. not taking yeah. away anything from the other films or from this being fourth fourth is mm. awesome and it is an awesome movie like it is so good it tells an amazing story it does take liberties for sure but it has to be able to tell a nice efficient flowing story there's no point having gaps in it that just really don't i know that it's it's meant to be on a true story so yeah sure maybe not everything has to be so hollywood and and perfect story i think i think it's as fabulous as he was though and that was yeah exactly it's it's a film for him because it it tells a story which he he would have wanted the people to have a show and they got one exactly and 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 we we got an amazing show and and Mm. It does tell the story in a really great way. Um, my, a cousin of mine was having issues with the fact that it kind of it looked too easy for them to become what they were. It didn't really respect their how hard they would have had to have worked. And I was kind of like, yeah, but it's a film. They're not going to show like them having meetings about how do how the hell we got, what sort of songs we're going to write. Like they just kind of glossed over that and got to the point of we know who Queen are. They we know who like they 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 were massive. They got yep. there. They did get there. So um, I forgive that kind of side of it. But yeah, look, it, it was an amazing film. Um, it did show a lot of the story, which I did know, but I didn't really know what at the same time. Um, and I totally respect that, again, it took liberty, so I'm not taking it as fact, the whole thing. But um, mm. yeah, look, it, it was interesting. There were some really sad moments. The whole thing was kind of, you felt a bit a little bit sad watching it the whole time um just because you know the outcome it's a little bit like when i watched the movie senna which was a documentary you know you know where the movie's going so you kind of feel a bit heartbroken the whole time but at the same time you're seeing this ride which was thoroughly entertaining and um the down points and the up points and you know the the low moments and you feel moments. every yeah. moment of it too. You, you don't just witness it; they make you feel it. Ab- absolutely, and and even you know moments where he's kind of like questioning his sexuality and how he's feeling. Mm. Um, yeah, it, they they do an amazing job at, at at making you empathize with this poor person, like this poor yeah. person who's who's so confused and they're so in the spotlight and they're. You know they're engaged and their world's just being flipped around and messed about, and, and they don't. And know none of them on. know just, how to deal with it. Yeah, it, it's and it's such a difficult time in the world for all that. So it, it's, mm. yeah, it's a really well told told story. It's amazing, like it and it and great soundtrack. Obviously, it's amazing that the whole soundtrack is just songs by Queen. Um, I I loved it. Oh. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So it's a great film and it's mm. in my top four. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, number three, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Now, yes, it's a Marvel movie. I've said that the there are there is a favorite Marvel movie for me this year. When I say that, I don't count this in it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean a Marvel Studios like like a, yeah. a Disney Marvel movie. This is a little bit different. Into the Spider-Verse, it's the first animated feature film for Spider-Man. Um, the way I phrased it to you and anyone else that's asked me about it is thusly that for the last 14 years, I have been um, 
rather stubborn in the fact that there has been no greater Spider-Man movie than Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, people either don't agree with... Uh, people either agree with me, or if they don't, I bring them around to my argument very quickly. <laughs> um, I did not think it could be dethroned at all. You know, we had Spider-Man 3 and then The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Sp- even Spider-Man Homecoming, while it, it's good like really good it still has many shortcomings to it then this movie came around and i think i have a new favorite spider-man film changed your mind took 14 uh, years yeah it did it it's the film that did it it's it's the film that did it it's the most spider-man-y spider-man film ever made Mm um i'd I would hate to ruin any of it for anyone. So all I can say is to get yourself to the cinema as fast as possible. Yeah, I do need to see it. It is, it is a comic book movie, but in, in a, I feel like it's a comic book movie. When you, when you told someone 20 years ago that they were going to make comic book movies, this is how they pictured it before any of them were actually made. Mm hmm. They, they all imagined this would be what people would make, and it never happened, but now it has. Yeah, absolutely. That's a it's, really good point. It is, absolutely, it is a yeah. literal... In many respects, it's a literal comic book that was just animated. Into a movie. And and you'll, you'll yeah. understand what I mean when you all see it, but it just... I, I can't even describe it properly, but it is well worth seeing on the largest screen you can. And like any good Marvel movie, you need to stay to the very end of the credits for one of the most fantastic end credit scenes I think I've ever seen. Okay, no worries. So yeah, good, that's, good that's, that's my number three. Mine, mine is A Quiet Place. That's where A Quiet Place hits for me. Yep. Um, I'd never I seen a... Yeah, I'd never seen a horror movie like it before. It It's the only film that I'm going to forgive for having things hinge on an idiot character. Yep idiot character being the death goal the reason why um i it gets away with it is for actually a couple of reasons firstly because she makes stupid mistakes throughout the whole thing so she proves she's an idiot throughout the whole movie um yeah. like it's, giving the it's actually to the within it's within her character exactly she yeah, is an idiot sense. it's not that it's just an idiot mistake it's she's an idiot yeah. um John Krasinski did an amazing job at assisting with the writing of it. It was his idea. He helped write the movie. He directed the movie. Again, like we're talking about Bradley Cooper doing an amazing job as an individual. John Krasinski did an amazing job to also star in this alongside his wife. Um, yeah, it, broke, what an interesting... They broke their own rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What an interesting concept, though, to, to be in a movie like this alongside your wife and... Also, the world that he created, imagine being in that world and he made it so believable and it was so easy to imagine that world because of the way that the film carried out and the way that it was done. It's really sad that, uh, spoiler or not, like, sure, if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. But the fact that he's not going to be around to continue the story from a character point of view is is disappointing. But... um, yeah i love it so much i am so in love with that film i thought it was such an amazing amazing telling of of such an interesting concept and i really can't wait to see more of that concept i hope that they give us more life in this 
concept rather than the world being mended. I want to see more of yep. this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I could not agree more. I like that it's, it's like the first Mad Max film where it's the mm-hmm. borderline. They're heading toward that post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. You're just teetering on the edge of it. Maybe, maybe that's why we love, you know, like Terminator 2 so much because you know what's about to come. Yeah, there's no escape. And, no. You're and, in the, you're and, in the world. You're not you heading just, for yeah. You you can't change it. You just have to accept that it's coming and you've got to make the most of it. Yeah, you can prolong it, but also there's no salvation, which is what one of the films is called in Terminator World. Mm. There is no salvation. Like you can no. pro- prolong what's happening, but you can't end it. Um mm. so yeah, it's my number 3. What's your number 2? My number two is Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I knew I was going to love the movie. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. I, every time I watch it, and what I, I went and saw it a few times, I really loved it. Lifelong fan of Queen. And mm-hmm. to see, even, even with the historical inaccuracies, to, to see, for the most part, their story told in truth on the screen like that and to be accompanied by the songs and to have the songs tell the story was just something I I could not have been happier to be able to witness it and you know when when I went with you to see it your Mm -hmm. reaction the the second the movie ended your first words were just wow that was amazing and and again despite the fact that there were inaccuracies to the story what they created as the story was so accurate in the sense of the character representations mm. in the case of um, the recreating of scenes and famous moments and historic moments. Yeah, that was so accurate and so amazingly well done and so meticulously well done. Like so much detail went into it. I respect that so much. Well, you could see that they respected the band and the story and that they knew that the story was special and in turn it's made the movie feel special and mm-hmm. it's certainly one I'll watch again and again for years to come mm. absolutely yeah alright so where's your number two at Incredibles 2 is my number two yeah it is yeah it is and I, I really really like it I didn't I knew I was going to really like it and I was really excited mm. by it and it's funny, I always forget, whenever I watch The Incredibles 1, I always forget just how much I love it. Like, I don't consider it, like, I don't th- think, sit there and go, oh, yeah, I think it's my favorite Marvel, oh, my favorite um, Pixar film, or, yeah, I don't think it, like, I, I just, you just don't, I don't really think about it. But whenever I see it, I'm always blown away with just how amazing and enjoyable and easy to watch it is, and just how detail the stories and the characters are so fun and relatable Mm. so when i saw incredibles 2 i kind of went into it like when i first saw the trailer i was like oh yeah this is gonna be good finally they're making a sequel of the film that they should have made a sequel for long ago see especially seeing as how the last one um ended um and then you know i kind of just forgot about it and then finally it was time for time to go see it and i was like yeah okay yeah we're gonna go see it okay yeah sure sure it should be a good movie and i just for some reason i feel sorry for it because i always forget just how fucking amazing it is and it was so good the sequel was so good like they just they they were so loyal to the characters and to the storyline and continuing Mm. the storyline from the moment we left off um they did an amazing job at 
portraying this family where the roles of who was the main breadwinner was yeah shifting and they did an amazing job at showing you know a father having to look after the kids when he's not used to especially in the time period that it's set it's not really him to do and yet he's doing it and yeah i thought it was just such a great story and it was so entertaining and so detailed and you again pixar outdo themselves with their animation like it just increased and, in quality again and again michael giacchino outdid himself with the score He's been on a roll this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just, uh, like, I mean, I feel like that about him every year, but, you know, between that and the Jurassic World score, and mm-hmm. for any and all grievances you have with that movie, I know for a fact that you enjoyed that I music. love that soundtrack. I listen to the soundtrack, even. That, I love it. That soundtrack was... He nailed the Haunted House vibe mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. That just... Oh, yeah, I, he's he's a phenomenal composer. I'm sure. ver- I'm very excited for my um my LP of that soundtrack to arrive from Mondo. I placed Excellent. that order a few months ago. It's due to arrive any day now. So fantastic! I'm very excited. Oh my goodness! Okay, so this brings us to the number one. I think we've got the same number one. I think we do too. Mission Impossible Fallout. Yep, bingo. That's it. Number Num- one. N- number one movie of the year. Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to begin. No, you know what? I do know where to begin. I'm going to begin with the fact that this is a franchise that has gone on for over 20 years with the same lead actor. Mm-hmm. We are six movies in, and for reasons completely unknown, it is quite possibly the single best entry in the franchise. I'd agree. With yeah. Maybe the exception of the original. No, I agree. This No, I think this is the best one. It's just... Like, it, if I go off the, um, I know you place no stock anymore in Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. If I go off the tomato meter, I, I will recite very quickly the, the tomato meter film by film. So the first one ranked at number six, uh, ranked at 63%. Mm-hmm. Number two at 56, which I think is 55 points too generous. <laughs> um, number three ranked in at 70. Mm-hmm. None of these were certified fresh either. That that was just their ranking. Ghost Protocol then comes about, and this is where the franchise had the big shift, mm-hmm. right? Where they understood, oh my goodness, we're not trying to, we're not trying to be all, you know, grisly action. We need to go yeah. back to being spy movies. Yeah, and it jumps from what? What did I say? Sixty odd percent to Seven. Ghost Protocol hitting ninety three percent and certified fresh. Then we move up to Rogue Nation, which is mm. also certified fresh at 93%. And where's Fallout? So they tied. Then you have Fallout. Fallout, which ranks at a whopping 97% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes and certified fresh. <laughs> 97. Wait, let's let that sink in for a minute. For a movie to qualify that high in Rotten mm. Tomatoes' ranking, it's not common. No, no, I don't. I know it's that it's not. not and common. Despite my beef with Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, I completely agree with that. I'm, I'm just having a, a, a little glance over at what some of the recent movies have been. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse also has ninety-seven percent and certified fresh. Ralph Breaks the Internet is at eighty-nine percent. Really. Yeah. 
Green Why Book, that again? which which is coming out soon, is at eighty two, and that's a big Oscar favorite. Even A Star Is Born is sitting at ninety. Okay. And I'm I'm curious as to where Marvel's movies have sat this year. I'm sure. Um, yeah, Infinity War was at eighty four percent. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was at 88 and let's not forget the um, the one that apparently infiltrated the zeitgeist Black Panther 97 yeah okay so it's tied with Black Panther as well, well. That's, that's why I totally don't respect um, Rotten Tires right there in a nutshell we'll get to that very shortly pandering to the minority right there with a total shithole of a movie but anyway um, but on, on on the polar opposite end of the spectrum we have mission impossible fallout which does not pander to a minority no nope. if anything it panders to everyone it is the everyone movie it is not simply an action movie or a spy movie it has everything and it gives the audience a real experience which is what tom cruise is all about whether you love him or hate him it's very hard to deny the fact that he works his can off to deliver an experience that you will not get from any other actor on any other film. Anyone that... Okay, look, I don't respect Tom Cruise outside of his film or his acting. Yep. You know, he, he, yep. In fact, outside of his acting, full stop. I don't respect him outside of that at all. I think he's a totally weirdo, total weirdo, but... He produces, uh, produces. He acts in, and he does the stunts for some of the most phenomenal films. Not only that, though, but for some of the most amazing scenes. He also works. He's he absolutely does. He work his ass off for these films. Mm. He he is such a great actor. He plays these characters so well, and is just so compelling. But again, he he com- he's the complete person because he also does the stunts so there's no you see the close-up of his face or you see him in roles you see him doing stuff they get these incredible shots i yeah like whether it's very hard i don't know i don't know where i rank fallout it's either my my top mission impossible or second from the top that's my favorite because of the original and and Mm -hmm. i've loved the original for as long as i can remember from when it came out and I would have been a kid when it played on TV and my parents showed it to me. I loved it. I've always loved it. And I, I, now, you know, six films in, I can't imagine anyone else taking over these films when the day comes that he stops making them. Absolutely. I don't I think can't. they could... I don't see them... Conti- I, don't, I don't think it'd be a good idea content- to continue them on. I mean, they can, but I don't think it'd be they'd, a good idea to... They'd have to do Mission Impossible in a different way. You you couldn't do this world without him now. No. He's so pivotal, and he's made it... I, I remember feeling like, by the end of the, th- the second and third movies, I remember feeling like this was the Tom Cruise show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the team. And then Ghost Protocol came along and made it the team show, uh, and, and featuring him. Yeah, it's stuck like that. Absolutely stuck like that. Mm. And and from every interview I've seen with him, he's been a driving force of that. That he wanted it to get back to the roots of the show and to be about the whole team. And obviously, he's he's going to have the billing there, and he's going to be the draw card that gets them in. But he's not going to carry the entire film on his shoulders the way it felt years ago mm-hmm. but 
damn, like the I my favorite sequence from any of those movies is in this one, the motorcycle chase in Paris. That yep. is hands down. I cannot think of a better moment in any Mission Impossible film than that. And the fact that he is on the bike himself and the camera gets these outstanding shots. Mm. I just I have to I say, can't I get over it. whenever I think of the film, I think of the scene with them uh, in the corridor with the that projector screen and they're walking along very, very slowly. Mm. Kind of get, yeah, that scene just resonates with it. I love that scene so much. So yeah, I, this movie is my number one and it is it is rightfully my number one. It's not because you chose it. it I genuinely think it was probably the most entertaining and probably the yeah it, it was a blockbuster film but there's so many elements to this film there was sad there was happy there was funny there was action-packed and i love an action film an action film is probably my favorite genre so mm. yeah my number one and yet the oscars will never care about it nope they don't like him it's no. so obvious that they don't like him and the fact that i swear it was the year it was within the 12 months after he and Nicole Kidman divorced that she got her Oscar. Like, just... Get out from under Tom Cruise and you get your Oscar. Well, under. There was just... Uh, but you could see that they just didn't like him and that they immediately went with her. And that's that, that's great. She's a very talented actress, but it just... He's not... You can tell he does it for the love. He doesn't do it trying to get the credit, but he does deserve some. Mm. Again, um, I, don't, I don't respect him as a person. I respect him as his body of work, and he's a phenomenal Of course. Um, I'm just looking at our honorable men or my honorable mentions mm-hmm. list. I'll rattle them off fairly quickly because mm-hmm. I am a little time conscious for us. Although I think, being the end of the year, we can give a, our wonderful audience a bumper mm-hmm. episode. Um. Honorable mentions, Super Troopers 2, obviously. Mm-hmm. That film is so quotable, it's not funny. I, except that it's hilarious. And I, I was so gutted that it couldn't make it into the top ten. I really uh, wanted it to. I, I it, totally agree. It is also a notable mention or an honorable mention for me. Same yep. reason. It's so quotable. I mean, yeah, I'll, 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 get, I'll get to why it's also significant mm. for me as well. But yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, um, an uh, woefully underrated and arguably the most well-written movie of the year, Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. Just from Drew Goddard, who made Cabin in the Woods, comes one of the weirdest, creepiest, and most incredible films I think I've ever seen. Um, haven't haven't seen it. It didn't make my top 10. I would have loved it to, but just for whatever reason, it didn't make it in there. Um, Isle of Dogs, again, mm-hmm. just completely underrated, flew under the radar. No one watched it and everyone should have. Wes Anderson at the top of his game, making another weird and wonderful film. Um, Tag, because Tag was hilarious. I still need to watch it. I still remember you told me straight away when you got oh, out of it I, that I had to watch it. And I still need to watch it. Tag was so funny. I just the way we laughed at game night. That was tag. Okay. All over again. Um, next is game night. Game night gets an honourable. Again, nearly mm-hmm. made it in, but you know, very hard to narrow down to ten. 
and Ant-Man and the Wasp, my favorite Marvel movie of the year. Okay. I loved Ant-Man and the Wasp so much. My honorable mentions are, I've only got three, Super Troopers 2, yep, definitely on the list. Um, Blockers made the list. I really yeah, Barker's was good. Look, it wasn't it wasn't a super great movie, but it was funny. It it, it really it was I, fun. I really enjoyed it. So it was it was cool. Um, well done by John Cena there as well. Um, yeah. And then also Solo, a Star Wars story, is actually an honorable mention. It's an honorable mention because it was pan. I it, it, it was like pretty well, you know, shredded by the world. Um, yeah, it didn't deserve but, that. But I thought it was a good. So I thought I, I enjoyed it. They told the story. I enjoyed that they kind of. I think that Solo did deserve a, or Han Solo did deserve a story. It was nice to see where he started from. I didn't think they did the best job, but I think that it was still, for these non-saga films, um, these anthology films, I think that it was not great, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I did like it, and I've watched it again since. Um, it has the, all- lowest, the lowest box office of any Star Wars movie. Yeah, and... and- Look, I can see why, but again, there are also some other films that I probably would have think deserve that more than this one. Um, hmm. Yeah, look, and again, it told a story that was almost notable or, or, or referenced a lot in the saga films, so it was nice to have it there, so you could almost see the story behind the, the, the phrase or um, the inside joke, I guess, throughout the saga. So, yeah, look, it was a good film, yeah. so it's, it's on there, is there. Um, you have dishonorable mentions? Red Sparrow. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I liked it until I didn't like it. You know? It just I I liked it. It's it's also on my dishonorable mentions as well because I liked I it feeling. as well. I liked it until I realized that we're pretty much until where we should have like been it. at the Yeah, <laughs> until the end of the movie. Oh, sorry. I didn't like it. No, I'll say it again. I liked it until I got to the moment where I realized that the movie should have been over about an hour beforehand and we're mm. still going with the same pointless rubbish and we had absolutely no idea where the hell it was going because they just went on and on and on and on and on and could have wrapped it up so much sooner. It I, went I under- for way too long. I understand why it worked as a novel, but it doesn't work as a film. Maybe as a miniseries it would have worked, but not yeah. as a movie. Just doesn't yeah, suit yeah. it, and it, and it Look, wasn't well adapted. It's not it, like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy where they condensed it, it quite was nicely. Perfect for a Netflix one series run, but they didn't. Yeah. They went for a movie and they failed miserably to me. Next yeah. one, The Nun. Absolutely the same. It's on my dishonorable mentions too. The Nun because it just should have. I I I didn't not like it per se. I just. I was, was really, like, I, I almost, like, I almost didn't like it. I didn't, I was really, really disappointed. The Nun is, I don't know, have you seen Conjuring 2 yet? Not yet. Okay, I, so The Nun uh, is yeah. my favourite character from The Conjuring 2. Yeah. Favourite character. Awesome. It's probably my favourite horror film creation. The face of it is just horrifying. But yep. they completely destroyed what it is with such a shitly told story where for some reason they're in Romania and everyone spoke English, which I totally get is just that they're all speaking Romanian, but to us it just sounds like English. No, it was just poorly done and they were rushing it up because they realized I, they had something good. I liked the performances from the two leads, from Damien Bashir and 
Tessa Farmiga. I, mm-hmm. I thought they were great. No, I, again, I, like, I agree, I, but... I, I still... I, did you find it weird watching her in it, knowing that her sister was in the original two films and seeing how they look ridiculously alike, but knowing that their characters have absolutely zero to do with each other in the films? Yeah, I found that a bit strange. I found it that, like almost like, what what's the what are you getting at here? It put me off a fair bit. Like, I, I really like her. I liked her in American Horror Story, but then just... It was just weird watching her in in a Conjuring movie, but knowing that she has no relation to her sister. Mm. Um, I have one more dishonorable mention, and mm. that is Venom. It it hasn't made my dishonorable mention list, but I can totally understand why it is on there. Mine, it's on my nothing, just no thoughts list. It it made it on there because it still annoys me. Mm-hmm. And it annoys me because I like parts of it. And if if I didn't like the whole thing, that would be all well and good. But I actually liked certain elements of it that just frustrated me that the whole thing couldn't be that good. I was totally pissed off at the ending of it. Not because it was a stupid character, but because I thought they executed something that was almost felt... it was a stupid ending. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they almost felt like they were setting something up intentionally and constantly like hinting at something like... They don't like fire. They don't like fire. We're about to launch a rocket off, but oh, they yeah, don't they... like fire. Oh, and also, there's a platform under the rocket there. Perfect spot to fight on, but because they don't like fire. And then you're almost like, okay, so they're going to fight on there, and they, one of them's going to get burnt to shit, and that's going to be end of it. No, they literally didn't do that. It was like, well, what was the point in referencing and making it set and setting it up like that the whole time if you're not going to do that? Like, what was the point? They just did went for something far stupider. Like, I was just frustrated with the ending of it. Mm. Um, I've got though two more. Halloween is on there. Um, I knew you'd put it on there. I, I can't. I I did enjoy it. I can't put it on the list. I enjoyed it up until the last twenty minutes when they completely I... trashed everything that set up, which was a really well told, well paced story, and then they just trashed it all by making something where every single person was a yep, fucking idiot. Was dumb. Yeah. I, every single I... yeah. Every single person's ability disappeared. The logic was gone. Jamie Lee Curtis, who had been such a like a smart character the whole time and is so safe, suddenly did something completely stupid, which was instead of just lock all the doors to every room and check which one they're in, decided to walk down a dark corridor with a shotgun at point I have, blank. Like, I have theories stupid. behind this. What, like, that she was behind, intentionally behind, being stupid? No, I, I have theories behind the ending, and I, I think it, it comes down to a deep-seated fear between all three generations of the Strode women, I genuinely think that she she snaps, that Laurie snaps right before that 20-minute ending mm-hmm. and realises, holy shit, I'm actually terrified that he's going to fucking kill me like I felt when I was a teenager, and she just reverts to that state again, and her daughter realises what her mother went through and becomes her mother, and then her daughter in turn realises that she's part of this chain as well, and she snaps into dumb mode as well. I think they all just revert to teenage Laurie Strode for the last 20 minutes, and that's why it is workable and somewhat acceptable. The only reason it's not acceptable is because that is not made obvious to the audience. I also think, Drew, and I was going to comment on that, I think that also 
I think you're giving them too much credit, and that's what they were going for. That I think you're being too soft on them for for that. that that's where I think you're being too quite soft. quite Is possibly. That, that quite possibly, be, you, you're but... you're reading too much into something which they probably didn't even think about. And if someone went up to them and said the ending was shit, unless of course X, Y, and Z, then they would have just turned around and said, or they would turn around and say, oh yeah, no, but that's exactly what we were doing. We just. But at the same time, yeah, it's yeah, possibly. But at the same time, Danny McBride wrote an incredible screenplay for the most part. Think about it. Like everything else makes perfect sense except for that. I'm more inclined to believe that they struggled to convey their message properly at the end rather than just writing a poor final 20 minutes. If that much meticulous effort went into every other element of it, to me it makes more sense that they overlooked something at the end. But it's a catastrophic mistake or failure to make something that yes. was still yes. so detailed look so Completely. shit because they're just like... But, so I, but, I don't forgive that. But you know what else is a catastrophic mistake? Mm-hmm. Thinking that Jack and Rose could not both be on that door. Like, yeah, but that's more. But that's that's more forgivable because it makes the romance of it more interesting. Yeah, it makes it more interesting to hear the story. Whereas this is just you're just sitting there watching it, going like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen?" Oh, they're all fucking stupid. Like that's just more frustrating than the tragic or tragedy of it. Anyway, that's just me. Anyway, the other one is Black Panther. Black Panther gets a dishonorable mention yes. because it was probably the worst Marvel film I've ever seen. Not because I'm racist, because it's Damn. I'm not, but because it is just a shit movie. It's a shit movie with, with a shit story, all about specifically saying, "Hey, everyone that's black, you're gonna love this movie because there's black guys in it." Like, oh, no, I want to, I want to hear you argue this to someone that thinks Doctor Strange is the worst movie. <laughs> Doctor Strange is a shit movie because Doctor Strange is an arrogant jerk and it's not fun to watch when arrogant jerk, jerk suddenly becomes so Succeed. important. Yeah. Um, and also, he's not. it's not a very interesting movie for sure, but neither is Thor 1 and 2. Neither is um, Incredible Hulk. Black Panther's a shit movie because it's during... Um, just like a bit like what, what uh, Captain... Uh, what is it? Doctor Strange was. Marvel's heyday. They're absolutely hitting their stride. And this movie was just poorly written. And again, totally shat on the concept of the character. And again, was only made... The one reason this movie was made, and the only reason why it now escapes the idea that it's pointless, because it is pointless. This whole movie (laughs) is pointless. I know that you could say that for literally any movie and say, well, if they didn't make it, then you just wouldn't care. Yeah, sure. But this movie does exist, and it's within a, a timeline, and it is pointless. The only reason why it exists is to show that this is Wakanda. And so in Infinity War, when they say, where do we go? Oh, I don't know. Let's go to Wakanda. That's the only reason why <laughs> Black Panther exists. The only reason. The characters are all junk, oh. scrap, crap. It's disgraceful. They're terrible. It's the worst film Marvel has ever made. So that's why it's on this list. In fact, if there's a number one for shittest film of the last five years, it's Black Panther. Maybe. No, that's not true. There are worse ones, but it, it's up Mother. there. It's in the top five. Oh, yeah, Mothers. Exactly. That's why I quickly drew that back. Yeah. Mother can't get, can't get away with not being scrap. But yeah, Black no. Panther is pathetic. Pointless uh. and pathetic. And you will never change. No one can ever change my mind with it at all. Not even I comparing I, I it to... I don't want to. I, no, exactly. I love the fact that you hate it. <laughs> and and same with... Especially when other people walked out of there and said, Oh, I quite liked it. Bullshit, you quite liked it. Do you like shit, do you? That was crap. <laughs> like, what a pointless, awful movie that was. Is it because it was cool? Because 
They're black is because it had a cool soundtrack. It's not a good movie. It's crap. Yeah, the the soundtrack is cool. That the soundtrack's make the terrific. Movie cool. No, I listen to the movie. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> listen to the soundtrack, but as soon as there's a single I, piece of dialogue in the soundtrack, I'm not listening to that soundtrack again because that movie is crap. See, I don't, I don't hate the movie, but I also don't love it. It, it. I feel about Black Panther the way I feel about Frozen. Mm-hmm. It's good. Doesn't get the hype. Like I don't get the hype. It doesn't deserve the hype that it got. I don't understand any bit of that hype. I also like there, there is so much to it where I'm like, yeah, but it's just. It also just feels like poor man's Lion King. Mm-hmm. For yeah. so much of it, I remember watching a Black Panther animated film years mm. ago that Marvel made. And to me, that is still the definitive Black Panther movie. That thing totally got it, told the story better, and had Craw as the villain as he should be. Yeah. Not as a dopey whatever. Mm-hmm. Dopey arms and drug dealer. Like, just. Like, I thought they were really going to set him up well when they brought him in in Ultron. Yeah, and well, that's why. What's more frustrating about this movie is that again they just shat on the. I was so excited w- at yeah. that point. Again, that. it makes the movie. It helped make the movie pointless. But anyway, what do I know? I'm not um, everyone else. But uh, <laughs> Drew, I think considering the, the time and how long we've gone for, yeah, I'm, I'm maybe, looking at that. Maybe we get to our uh, sick tent of the week, and then next week we can get to our memorable moments of the year. Yeah, we'll, we'll do memory lane next week. As well yeah. as our second of the year. So that's a good way of being able to do... that. That's a good episode for next year is a count yeah. back on the year. This week was a count back on movies for the year. Ah, it's... Yeah, it's been a full year. No wonder we're going to have to take two episodes to explain it all. Hmm. Um, look, as always, if you want to be a part of this wonderful, weird mystery of a show that we you know carry on with each week be sure to contact us uh, drop us a line message us come and talk to us in person um if you're lucky you can even creep up on phil and surprise mm-hmm. the heck out of him and mm-hmm. his first words will be that should be on the show mm-hmm. and then and by that we mean you yeah but yes if you, if you do want to be on the show you are more than welcome to most of you and mm-hmm. if you are on the show you stand a hefty chance at taking on the prestigious prize of Sick Kent of the Week. Yeah, as well, if you're that lucky. Mm. Because every entry for the year goes into... The, or every entry, entry for, for each week. week goes into the running for the year. Indeed they do. Mm-hmm. Um, as for this week's Sick Kent of the Week, he is a uh, podcaster himself, though he did mm-hmm. not start out that way. He started out as as a young boy on our uh, cinema screens, our television screens. Who'd been left. Say it. Bum, bum, bum. Home Alone. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and then, um. you know, then there was that time that he, he was the richest kid in the world. And then, you mm-hmm. know, he was getting even with Dad, as played by Ted Danson. And mm-hmm. uh, what else did he do? He's done everything, hasn't he? We well, are, he of course, talking he... about... Yes? Well, I was going to say, he also hung out with his Uncle Buck. Oh, clever. Mm-hmm. And when he wasn't hanging out with his Uncle Buck, he was hanging out with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. We are, of course, talking about... 
the most famous male child star of all time, Macaulay Culkin. Ta-da! Yay! The reason why he gets in there is because he is a staple of our Christmases every single year. He's a big part of our um, watching of Christmas films for me. He snuck in the night before Christmas Eve. I will be honest, I did skip through a little bit of Home Alone Lost in New York because I've seen it probably more times than the first one, I think. Um, so I t- kind of got it and I just wanted to get to the parts where he was just mucking around in the house, setting up and then mucking around with the yep. guys. So I did watch both, but second one in almost an abbreviated version of it, which I'm totally okay with. I've done it before like that. And I actually have no problem with it whatsoever. Cause I still love the film as yep. much as any game. Um, I, um, would say that he's also in it for this reason because of quite recently he did with Google, um, a recreation of many famous scenes from the first time alone. Yeah. Isn't that right? Drew. He did indeed. Um, on top of that reason, I personally, I'm, I've been a lifelong fan and his podcast is quite an inspiration for our own little show mm-hmm. and the format that they use and the wild and crazy nature. So yeah, Mac, you are our sick Kent of the week. Congratulations. And we would love to give you your award in person, but that would also mean we'd have to make a physical award. Mm-hmm. Which so for now, have. you can settle with the digital award. Exactly. Um, and I guess this is, despite the fact that it's going to cross over an entire year gap... Um, oh, is part one of two. Exactly, it's part one of two, this is, for sure. Um, you, so m- you, might, yes. you might say that the next episode will, will be in the end game now. Oh. <laughs> True. Please. We're, we're, we're doing our own little Avengers here. <laughs> Please. Anyway, <laughs> because of course we left all the crucial stuff out that we promised would be here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's what we do. So again, it's in part two. We'll get to yep. it. It's in part two next Thank year. You. Yeah, exactly. Next year. Just wait till next year. Um, yep. Oh, the dad jokes are fantastic. Um, and they're I'm only going to really get re- better with age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's something that I can't control. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to part one of two. Um, Drew and I will be back next year. Uh, yes, we will. Part two of two. Next year with more dad jokes, more guests, hopefully, mm-hmm. and some Christmas sweaters. <laughs> hopefully. God, we need to make that happen. We need to make that happen ASAP and so while they're on sale, we can get them for next year. And merchandise. And be aware, merchandise. We, we will bring yeah. merchandise for all Absolutely. of you wonderful people. All you wonderful person. <laughs> yes, indeed. Anyway, thank you all. It's been a wonderful year, and we look forward to talking your ear off next week. Yep.
Get scratching.